0: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, January the 6th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today, on January 6th, 2001, Vice President Al Gore, presiding in his capacity as President of the Senate in Congress, he formally certified George W. Bush the winner of the contested 2000 presidential election. George Bush won, of course, over That same Al Gore. Today in uh, 1412, tradition says that Joan of Arc was born. Today in 1912, New Mexico became the 47th state. Today in 1919, the 26th president of the United States, Teddy Roosevelt, he died in Oyster Bay, New York. He was 60 years old. Today in 1941, President Franklin D. Roosevelt, in his State of the Union address, he outlined A goal of his, he called them the four freedoms, freedom of speech and expression, the freedom of people to worship God in their own way, freedom from want, and freedom from fear. I'm all in on the first two, but I don't know if I want the government supplying my freedom from want. I think I would rather get my own job and earn my own paycheck and buy my own Cheerios. And I don't think the government can give us freedom from fear. But he tried. Today in 1968, a surgical team at Stanford University, <clears throat> their school of me- uh, medicine in Palo Alto, California, it was led by Dr. Norman Shumway. They per- performed the first U.S. heart, uh, adult heart transplant. They put the heart of a 43-year-old man in a 54-year-old patient. The patient died. 15 days later today in 1994 remember remember Nancy Kerrigan now you can't remember her. the ice skater I'll bet you could remember Tanya Harding yeah they were um, fierce competitors back in the early 1990s and uh, Nancy Kerrigan was at uh, was in Detroit <coughs> excuse me And uh, she was at Cabo Arena. There were four men approached her with a club and beat her on her knees, uh, beat her knees with the club. Uh, And she was getting ready for a performance there. And, um, of course, it was a big deal in the news. You remember now. Well, anyway, that happened today in 1994. Tanya Harding was later said she did not know that one of those men was her ex-husband who beat up on Nancy Kerrigan. But she found out about it later, and she did plead guilty to conspiracy to hinder prosecution, but she denied any advanced knowledge about what these guys were going to do to her competitor, Kerrigan. Tanya Harding has remained in and out of the news. She lives here in the Northwest, as you probably know. She lives in Washington State, I think. I think she lives around Vancouver or Longview, Kelso, somewhere. But anyway, that happened today in 1994. And today in 2017, Congress certified Donald Trump's presidential victory over the objections of several House Democrats. Presiding over the event was Vice President Joe Biden. After he certified that Donald Trump was president, that was today in 2017, he leaned toward the microphone, as Joe Biden loves to do, and he said, it is over. Not sure what he meant by that, but that's what he said. I've got some good news for you today. <clears throat> it's found in Psalm chapter eighteen, verse two. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. There's more good news. Psalm twenty one or twenty seven one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Paul said to the Ephesians and to all of us in Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We're going to need all that because there is some bad news as well. It appears in Georgia, the Democrat Raphael Warnock has edged out the incumbent Republican Senator Kelly Loeffler in one of Georgia's two Senate runoffs. Late last night, Warnock, whose his wife is accusing. Him and I guess it. She went to the hospital for, for, you know, medical purposes. He ran over her foot with a. They were in a fight or some something. Ran over her foot with his with a car tire and. I I mean the guy is a disaster and when you look at what he believes. It's frightening. To say and that's putting it mildly. We'll be talking about that in the days to come, but it looks like he'll be going to the Senate, be replacing one of the two Republicans in the runoff in Georgia. Newsmax, they're conservative, usually pretty accurate. I pay attention to them. Many of you do as well because sometimes you mention them to me when you write notes to us. Newsmax is saying this morning that the other race in Georgia, Asa Purdue, Purdue being the the Republican, they're saying that the that he, Ossoff's lead has widened to more than 16,000 votes and they've analyzed the votes and where they've come from. And they're suggesting that he probably, Ossoff, is probably going to win as well as we speak this morning. Now, things are fluid in that regard and that <clears throat> is changing. We're originating live at 9 a.m. this morning, Pacific Time, right now. But Newsmax is saying that it looks like Ossoff is going to beat Purdue as well. Which means, if that stands true, and we'll find out over the next few hours, that means that the Democrats with one pastor, so-called Christian pastor, and another guy who's never done anything except try to tie his own sneakers. I mean, really, he hasn't. Going into the senate to tip the balance to the far left democrats with an agenda that is frightening but let me remind you the lord is my rock and my fortress there's more the media is laser focused today and they're reporting on what's going to happen in the capitol there are thousands of people outside the capitol I'm, from what I was reading a few moments ago it's getting out of hand some of the Trump people uh, are getting a little pretty rowdy some people have been arrested and one thing another and I just I'm live at the moment so I I'm not reading but I was within the hour and it didn't look good i I, I wish that they didn't feel they had to do that but I understand some of the anger and um, I don't know how that's gonna play out today but it could get Pretty rowdy before the day's over, but there are a lot of people out there. Trump spoke to them this morning, a little while ago, uh, Eastern Time, and uh, he was, you know, encouraging them. And as I said, there are a lot of people clogging the streets there, and some of them are very, very angry. So we'll see how that plays out over, you know, the next few hours, and certainly we'll talk about it tomorrow and in the days to come as needed, but. Today, at 10 o'clock Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, a joint session of Congress will convene for the purpose of deciding who the next president of the United States is to be. Most of the mainstream media, they've written long stories overnight, yesterday, last night, this morning. They're describing the process. They're concluding that the only outcome can be to declare Joe Biden the next president. And they usually have a part of their piece that says you better not think otherwise. A significant number of elected officials, though, in both the Senate and the House plan to exercise their constitutional right and responsibility to object, formally object today, just in a couple of hours, object to Joe Biden becoming the next president because of the widespread fraud In the election process, Vice President Pence will preside over the process. The vice president always does. As I just said, Joe Biden was that vice president in 2017 when Donald Trump was certified as the elected next president of the United States. The Washington Post, along with the New York Times, the Associated Press, the Chicago Tribune, a thousand other newspapers, big and little all across the country, They've been talking about the electoral vote certification taking place in Congress today. Washington Post is among the far left. Most of them lean left. Most newspapers do. There are some still fairly moderate. There's a couple that are conservative uh, newspapers across the country today. But the Post says it has become routine after recent elections for House lawmakers on the losing side to put up a symbolic fight over the results, which they can do under an 1880s law governing the process. It has been less common, the Post says, for senators to join them, but this time a dozen will. Well, they're right. There are a dozen. In fact, a little more than that. There may be more yet over the next couple of hours, but there are a good number of senators that are joining. First time. That hasn't happened before. The Washington Post notes that this will happen despite no evidence of widespread election fraud. <laughs> it it seems to me that these, these guys are robots. I mean, that's the picture, my mental picture. It's probably just me, but they come on, these local news guys. It doesn't matter what town you live in. You turn on your news at 5 or 6 o'clock in the evening, whatever, on TV, and these people are there. Some of them are pretty good at what they do. Some of them are terrible at what they do, but... They come on the air and they go, uh, despite no evidence of fraud, and then they tell the story, whatever it is, whatever the news story is. And it seems like they kind of go into a little docking zone every night and they get plugged in and they get juiced up on this. And everything they're going to say about anything that has to do with the presidential election, Trump, Biden, whomever, they always have to begin with the word. They're like robots. They're like you, those wind-up toys. And every time they start to give a news story, doesn't matter what it's about generally, but if it specifically has anything to do with Donald Trump, Republicans, or the past election, they begin with, despite no evidence of widespread election fraud. And sometimes they're very determined and they emphasize the wrong words in the little sentence and the cadence of it all. But anyway. The media is playing down the significance of the event today, but it is very significant because there is, in fact, widespread evidence of illegal actions taken in a number of key states where election officials changed the rules that, according to the Constitution, can only be changed by the state legislature. What are they going to do about this? Well, these guys are going to bring this to the floor in a few moments before the joint session of Congress. There's strong evidence of tampering with vote counting in a number of other states it doesn't matter what the news is saying. It's out there. I think today, not only is, the, is fraud going to be in front of our elected officials, our Congress, but I think a matter of courage on the part of those whom we've elected and pay handsomely to do their job. I think that this is as much about our elected officials as it is about the fraud. And the fraud, I'm not making it. Not important. But I was looking at the list of people, and again, this could change over the next couple of hours, but I was looking at the list of people just a few moments ago that are committed to object, quote unquote. I looked at the Senate, and I saw the names of Josh Halley, Ted Cruz, Marsha Blackburn, Steve Daines, James Lankford, John Kennedy, Mike Braun, Ron Johnson, Bill Haggerty, Cynthia Loomis from Wyoming, you look down here and being a North, Northwesterner, I look for people from the Northwest. I look for people from Washington and Oregon. Nobody's on the list from Washington and Oregon. In fact, there's only, I think, one guy on here from, um, from, from Idaho. Yeah, uh, Representative Russ Fulcher on the representative side, he's on there. And there's a long list of them, but none of them are from the Northwest. I think that's telling, and I think you should know that. I look at this, and I I see Cynthia Loomis from Wyoming, a senator. I see Paul Gosar, Republican from Arizona, a representative. I see, as I said, Russ Fulcher. I see Andy, Andy Biggs, a representative from uh, Arizona. These are all Republicans. I see Mike Garcia from California. He has a lot of courage. But other than that, all of this is made up with people not, on the West Coast and nobody from the Northwest, nobody from Washington State or Oregon, no one, zero. When they come back around next time there's an election, and even if they're your favorite person, they come back around and say, I'm fighting for you in Washington, D.C. No, they're not. Honest, they're not. I wish some of them were. I like them. But I would rather be truthful to you than to just be, you know, well, they're good people. I mean, we don't understand, but they, they have, no, they don't. They, they're, they lack courage on this issue. I will tell you, they have chosen the people that are not on that list. They have chosen to get along and go along. Mitch McConnell has told them, the, le- the leader of the Republicans in, in the Senate, that he's about to lose that, but he is at the moment. He has told them not to do this. And finally, he came out yesterday because there was so much pressure. He said, well, you have to do whatever you feel is right for you. But he had been telling them not to do it. And these people, the names that I just went through, the senators, this is the first time senators have ever taken a position on something like this. That's how strongly they feel about it. Ted Cruz has been mocked by fellow Republicans for taking a stand and saying, what are you doing, serving Trump now? One of of his colleagues said to him yesterday, his response was, he said, no, I'm not serving Trump. He said, I'm trying to serve the constituents that elected me, and I'm trying to serve the country that I love. And he said, this fraud is widespread and it's real. And he said, if we let this go, every election is going to be decided by people in Europe or somewhere else that are fiddling with the knobs on a computer, and they're going to be re reworking the numbers and spitting them out in these towns and and precincts around the United States. That happened. I wouldn't be even having this conversation with you. I'd be sit, talking about something else if I didn't believe that with all my heart. And I don't jump into these kinds of things easily or without a lot of thought, prayerful thought. But I am convinced there was widespread, and there is evidence of it, fraud in this last election, not because I didn't want Joe Biden, I certainly don't, but it's bigger than that. It's about America. It's about our future. It's about my children who are adults who have children, my grandchildren, and it's about my responsibility to God as a citizen. He has blessed us, and with blessing comes responsibility. To whom much is given, much is required. The people on the religious left seem to miss that. They can go after the stranger part of the New Testament, but they don't want any of the responsibility. They don't want to hear about their responsibility under God for the blessings that he has given us here in America. So they say, well, I I don't want to get involved in politics. I don't think Christians should be involved in politics. That's part of the problem. Christians should be defining politics. Christianity should be leading politics, not politics leading Christianity. But when politicians become silent on issues as profoundly important to the future of our nation as they are on this, you better give it a second look before you strike, put the X beside their name the next time you vote for them. And I don't care who they are. I don't care if they lead you in prayer. I mean, you better think this through. And I'll let that go at that, but I ask the Lord to speak to your hearts about it. I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. I'm just thinking of a group of people in general. If we truly want to serve the Lord with all of our heart and our mind, our strength, we better think about how we cast our votes in the future. Because I will tell you, our conservative, so-called Republican representatives and elected officials, public servants, as they were once called, are pretty comfortable in Washington, D.C., and many of them do not want to rock the boat of their own career. And that's what we're seeing revealed here today. And I think it should be known. Today is a test of our democratic voting process. It's a test of our Constitution. It's a test, as I said, of the courage of our representatives in Congress. For a challenge to proceed today, just within hours of right now, at least one lawmaker from each chamber must object to a state's electors. So far there's, I read, reviewed the list, there's between 12 and 16 senators who said we're all in. Some say 140 House members will vote behind the 77, I think it is now, House members who are on the record, objecting. In the history of this country, there's never been a group this size with this kind of focus that's objecting. That's why it's significant that you know who's not on that list and who's not objecting. Senator Josh Howley was the first Republican senator to to say that he would join the House lawmakers, all he said on Monday of this week, what the, he said that the matter of who becomes America's next president is not a foregone conclusion, but it depends on the outcome of the January 6th, today, joint session of Congress. And he said there are major, major concerns about the integrity, the fairness of the election. And of course there are. This is, this is an extreme amount of, of fraud that, that's on the table. And there's an extreme amount of pressure to silence the people who are objecting to it. So pay attention. Know what your representative is doing, and more importantly, not doing. Senator Ted Cruz is leading a group of Republican senators. You'll see that all over the news today, and the news will not be kind to Ted Cruz today because they do not like what he's doing. They've already begun to mock him. He's leading a group of senators who will today call for a suspension of the votes to allow for a 10-day Audit, because he <clears throat> he says the 2020 election featured unprecedented allegations of voter fraud, violations, lax enforcement of election law, and other voting irregularities. He says the allegations of fraud, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, the uh, irregularities in the 2020 election exceed any in our lifetime. He said there is deep distrust of the U.S. Democratic process. Well, he's right, and that's taking place as we speak outside on the streets around the Capitol in Washington, D.C. He said a U.S. Democratic process will not magically, he said the distrust of our U.S. Democratic process will not magically disappear, and it should concern us all. So he's looking at the future. He supports Trump. He ran against Trump in the primaries. Ted Cruz didn't win. I supported Ted Cruz. I'll I'll just tell you in the beginning, there were a couple, two or three guys that I really wanted to win. Ted Cruz was certainly one of them near the top. Donald Trump was none of the three. But I came to support him and appreciate him as he was elected because he has stood for what I believe from my biblical worldview. And many of you agree with that. In fact, about 75 million agreed and voted for him. Vice President Pence is going to read out loud today in the joint session of Congress each objection that's presented. He'll chair this joint session as others before him, Joe Biden, (coughs) excuse me, four years ago did. Several Republican state senators in Georgia have asked Pence in writing, to postpone the counting of electoral votes today because they say Georgia um, doesn't have time. In fact, the state senator, Brandon Beach, he said, quote, in the letter, we need more time to thoroughly investigate allegations of election fraud, particularly in Fulton County. There are about a dozen or so state lawmakers who have signed this letter. Others are signing it even this morning before they deliver it to Vice President Pence, who will open it and look at it when the session starts at 1 1 p.m. today, 10 10 a or 10 a.m. Uh, on the west coast? Here, the state senator says he is aware that elected officials in several other battleground states are doing the same. He noted that Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Arizona have also sent letters to Vice President Pence. We haven't heard that in the news, but it has happened. So, what's going to happen today? Well. The Washington Post concludes their epic story with this. Pence has told Trump he has no power to thwart Biden's electoral college win. And they say that Pence has said, as his aides has said, that he plans to stick to his perfunctory role. According to Jeff Bezos' newspaper, the Washington Post, they say he's been very tight-lipped about this whole process. But I noticed last weekend, and I'm a big supporter of Mike Pence, but I hope, I hope he doesn't become perfunctory. That would not be good for his political career, and it would certainly dampen the enthusiasm of people like me who support him. I mean, he's a great guy, a great Christian. But this is not a time for him to become perfunctory. And I hope he recognizes the objections and at least grants them more time for the investigation to continue, because as of yesterday, as of yesterday, this group was growing. And if he has any intention of running for office in the future, people remember, we're not these dumb little people out here in middle America. I mean, we may work hard and try to do our best and all that, but we remember stuff. And If a vote is taken today by Congress, those that are opposing the electoral vote do not have enough votes to succeed. So that's where we are as we speak at this moment. Joe Biden told the people of Georgia the power is literally in your hands. One state can chart the course, not just for the next four years, but for an entire generation. We'll see what happens. One thing is absolutely for sure, God is in control. I'm going to be reminding you of that often as we move forward because politically it doesn't look good over the next few days. And over the next few years, with far-left Democrats, crazy-left Democrats, controlling the House, the Senate, and the Oval Office, our religious freedoms are going to be attacked. We're going to have to deal with things we have not had to deal with for quite some time in America, if ever. They will attack our freedom, and they will do so often in the name of Christianity and religion freedom, but equality, equity, etc. So we'll be talking about that and we'll keep you posted day by day by day. But remember, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Thank you for your support, Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. And thanks for being here. A lot's going to happen today. We'll talk about it tomorrow morning. I'll see you then.